Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I am Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong and Rob McIntyre. We're here to talk about the Challenge Ride or Die Season 38, Episode 15. Rob, do we want to talk about the big news now or do we want to wait until the end? Um, the big news? I, I, don't, am I, I don't know if I'm out of, am I not aware of something? Don Lewis is alive, apparently. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> you got me kind of worried for a second there. There's a um, callback there. Callback to the original I, I Tiger King. We definitely save that for the end of the episode. <laughs> well, here, uh, one quick piece of news before we dive in. Uh, after last week and uh, posting our Patreon show for uh, previewing part one of the All-Stars forecast, we got 11 new Patreons. So just a quick shout out to the new people joining up with us. Uh, Brandon, Emily, and Harold, welcome to the fam. Yeah, we need to do a better job of that. There's still a countless amount of people that signed up over a year ago that we haven't shout out. So that's our fault for being negligent in that. And we'll, we'll start to do a better job of that. We need to do it. But thank you everyone for joining the show this week. Episode 15 what were your overall thoughts about this episode before we get into the recap? Um, I didn't have any huge takes on this one. I thought it was fine. I thought uh, having a, having to go back to the Paris format is going to be such a, a welcome change from this this team's format. So I very much appreciated that. I agree with Rob. It was a fine episode. It didn't blow me away. I didn't hate it. I much prefer the pair format. It definitely made for. I feel like we missed some good episodes wasting time on the team format because quite frankly, it's pretty cut and dried how, who people are going to go into this elimination now. So if we'd have had more teams to play with, it would have been way more interesting. So if anything, it makes me pine for the fact that we should have kept this pairs format and just added a couple more teams so that we didn't have to go to a team format to burn some episodes off. I thought this episode was all right. I think it was largely because we got a decent epi- uh, elimination at the start of the episode. We got a very good elimination at the end of the episode. And then in between, we didn't really get a whole lot. And so I think the episode was really bookended by those two moments. And Trace and I, you and I did a kind of our favorite things about the challenge episode at this point, maybe a year ago, somewhere around there. And I don't think I said it at the time, but I think one of my favorite things about the challenge is when Jordan goes into elimination overmatched and somehow wins. I think that consistently (laughs) brings me more enjoyment than a lot of other aspects of the show. And in episode 15, the most recent episode, when he is when the elimination is ready to start and he starts to describe essentially how he's going to outsmart Chauncey, I started to die laughing because I knew what was about to happen. And oh yeah, and were you we surprised it's coming? Yeah, dude. Like there's no excuse if you're Chauncey, there's I'm no not. there's no dude if you're Chauncey, there's no excuse for winning this. Because Jordan beats Chauncey in this, even though he's significantly smaller. But most other people that are smaller than Chauncey, I would I would say I don't I honestly don't know 
how many other people in the entire show that are smaller than Chauncey or that are, let, let's say that are around Jordan's size are able to beat Chauncey in this. Jordan wins this because he's Jordan. That's what happens here. <laughs> I think though, my, my takeaway from this know. is Chauncey is exactly who I thought he was though. Like we just didn't see anything any at any point this season that told us that Chauncey was a competent competitor. And to me, this elimination showed that he just, Maybe he'll get better if he comes back, but it showed me that this guy was just in over his head from the beginning of this game. I do really appreciate how they set up this reverse tug of war compared to how they've done the ones in the past where it gave a lot more opportunity for somebody who was overmatched physically to compete because of how they had the ball set up with the different colors. I look. Can you hear him, Trace? I could, did, Chase, I, did, did I ask Kyle for a second? I didn't hear you at all. <laughs> I'm sure I got all? on the recording, though, so we'll just did roll you get, did you, uh, Basically, I, I just said that, um, yeah, this, I, with the way this formation was set up, it did allow for an upset to happen a lot more than other reverse type of wars. I would agree. I, right. I liked the format. I liked the fact that it gave a lot of opportunity to put in a different strategy, and I know we got to do the Fast Five and we can come back to this, but... Jordan showed why he is the competitor he is. Like he just kind of, he kind of outfoxed the strategy of it. It wasn't just brute force. It was all strategy and allowing Chauncey to knock over his tower so that it brings him three quarters of the way to his next one was brilliant. Like it was just so strategically played out by Jordan. And I loved that aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, he, consistently gives us these moments right where most recently in all-stars three he beats Darrell in what i would say is one of the best eliminations ever he beats josh in war of the worlds two an elimination where it is pretty essential that you have two hands and somehow two hands (laughs) i think all three of those eliminations are some of my favorite eliminations that we've seen definitely in the recent past and maybe even ever Let's get into the recap. We'll kick off the Fast Five. I thought it was interesting that before this episode started, they decided to have a long intro into episode 15. I wonder why they decided they felt like it was necessary this time. We get probably because they were starting with an elimination. So if if you missed last week's episode, you needed to see what happened to to, to start an elimination. It wasn't, there was a lot of circumstances that led to this. So it was worth it. Well, yeah, they went, I think that makes some sense. They went pretty far back though. It's not like they just showed mm-hmm. how they got to the elimination or the second round of elimination. And they showed Nelson in the toast. first round of elimination. Yeah. They showed Nelson looking like a fool, like usual. Um, they showed kind of uh, <laughs> a recap for a lot of what happened this season. And then we get into the second round of elimination. Nani talks about Casey being an elimination. Johnny says that he's praying that Casey makes it back. We have Casey and Kenny versus Jordan and Anissa in Not So Fast. This is, on the face of it, not a great setup for Anissa here. You can see the look on Anissa's Mm -hmm. face when she hears what the elimination is, and she just thinks to herself, fuck. Um... They start the elimination. <laughs> the, the, I think ahead. these were two of the worst pairs in the house for this elimination. Just to start out. Because Casey and Kendra are so small that, like, for Kenny to get up on top of the, like, 
thing that they were on takes so much effort she was barely capable of. And yeah, Anissa is by no means an endurance queen who's going to master this one. So I, I think these two teams were some of the bottom tier of anybody in the house. They start the elimination. Johnny starts to give Casey and Kenny some tips. Kenny says that their strategy is to use their endurance, which I definitely think is what they should do. That, that's the appropriate strategy here. Tori says that her money is on Casey and Kenny. And Nani is quick to point out that Jordan is smart and he's able to come up with the, the best strategies for these. Move to the... Rob, try and move a little bit yeah. more to the center. Move to your left. Uh, there we go. There's a funny moment here in the middle when Jordan makes a quip <laughs> to Anissa where she's like, just be semi-athletic. And people in the stands start to laugh. <laughs> Olivia says Casey is carrying the team on her back. And as Casey and Kenny start to make their way to the end, Johnny has a good quote where he says, quote, you guys look like you're coming through a birth canal. And that's the first part of <laughs> the teams getting their area tangled up before they do the partner switch or the, the team switch. We get to the team switch. Amber uh, makes a comment that she says she doesn't feel like Casey's on her side and that if that Casey would be quick to throw her in given the opportunity. Jordan and Anissa are struggling and Anissa is getting caught in the bar. Johnny starts to die laughing when... <laughs> Uh, this happens and Nani is completely straight faced through this entire situation as she realizes she's this was the best part of the Casey. episode. This was the best part of the episode. The, when, the, Anisha, when Anissa yelled out, Oh my cooch, I almost peed myself laughing because I just was not prepared for the way they edit the show now for them to leave something like that in and then to watch Johnny repeat the word cooch twice and almost pee himself laughing up on the, the, the stage. So big thumbs up for including that because it was a humorous moment. It seemed like he was the only one laughing really. I mean, if, the, if these pairs switched partners, how, how quickly would this elimination have gone? Uh, I mean, Jordan and Casey would have blown this out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think they would have completed Anissa and Kenny's uh, puzzle in about 20 seconds. Like, I don't think it would have taken long. Anissa starts saying that she can't in the middle of the elimination. Jordan motivates her. Jordan points out that they're eight moves away, and it seems like Kenny and Casey are a pretty far distance from being able to complete their part of the elimination. Jordan and Anissa win. Anissa starts to cry. She says that Jordan is there to support her and she appreciates it. Nani comes down to say goodbye to Casey. Casey says that this is Nani's seasons to win and that her Nani's mom who passed away will be there with her along the way. And I thought that it was interesting that Casey and Kenny went home here because there was pretty much no buildup to Casey going home last episode. We didn't really get anything. We didn't really get What are they going to show? This episode. Well, just anything with Nani and her, right? Because we got a ton of buildup with well, Jordan. Well, they showed Nani a ton. Hold on. Shut the... We got a ton of buildup last episode <laughs> with Jordan leaving. But we got absolutely nothing this episode 
with or last episode with Casey, and we got nothing this episode with Casey. That was it. We pretty much just got the start of the episode, Nani's point of view of Casey being an elimination. That's all we got. Well, I think that's the story here is Casey leaving because of Nani. I think Nani's just so much a bigger character than Casey at this point. That's how they're going to highlight the situation. Um, you'll, you see that happen some teams, some seasons where the best friend of a main character leaves and they care a lot. Like, remember on uh, War of the Worlds 2 when Nicole Bash, Georgia's friend, got eliminated and we knew nothing about her besides she was Georgia's friend and they just talked about how sad Georgia was? I think that's a similar thing here. I just don't think Casey does anything. So they're not going to show her doing know. anything. I, I agree with that. Bit- I 100% agree with that. Like, Casey is just like, there's no charisma with her whatsoever other than dressing up like Parappa the Rappa. So like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Well, I, she, yeah, I, 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 I think agree. she's very well liked in the house. So I'm sure she's jovial, but yeah, I agree. Who cares that she's gone, but at the same time, they've given send offs for much less pronounced characters throughout the course of a season. And this is someone who one last season and it was consistently made it pretty far into the game every single season she's been on. So I just think it's kind of a little bit odd. We, after Casey and Kenny go home, we go into a commercial break. And this is my notes where I have in bold. We need to start recapping the Jersey Shore instead of uh, this show, <laughs> which I, no. I think might be... I, I don't know about that. I think that might be much more entertaining for us and the audience at this point, but... After I, I think it might be a lot sadder. I, I know this has been a downer of a season, but I, I don't know if the, those people have a lot of bright things to say. Well, according to Devin, there's a new season of Are You the One that has just started. So, you know. <laughs> I was thinking about this. A lot like, of content. This, this season is probably going to play out pretty chalk. So if, let's say, Olivio and Horacio go home next episode, and Johnny and Nani win, and a pretty I guess ordinary final nothing exciting really happens where does this season rank for each of you compared to all of the seasons from Total Madness on how, do, how does this stack up I mean uh, I, don't, I don't think it, I think better than the last two um, it's hard to compare with Total Madness and uh I don't know. It's probably, I don't think it's a lot. I don't think it's the worst of the group for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's it's certainly not as good as World of the Worlds one. And I, it's probably just kind of a grab bag with all those other seasons in terms of which one I like better. Yeah, I mean, I would say Total Madness is the best out of the last previous three, and I think this season Four. is better than Double Agents, season. but not by much. Like Double Agents and it are pretty neck and neck for the second best of these four. Yeah, I would agree. Spies, that Total Madness is, is for sure. Yeah, yeah, like Spies, Lies, and Allies is circling the toilet bowl and mixing in the sewer right now. Yeah, I still think that Spies, Lies, and Allies is probably the worst. I honestly don't know if... Actually, I don't I don't know if I should even say that. Someone on Discord, I think it was No Quitters Pod and Stat, uh, made a compelling argument the other day about Spies, Lies, and Allies being better. And I really couldn't agree, disagree with anything that he said, and I would need to think about it a little bit more. I really do think that the last three seasons are all kind of right around the same range with Total Madness being the clear favorite if you in, if you go from Total Madness on. But it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season. I do think that the season is going to play out pretty chalk. What do we think the... Well, 
What what could happen at this point that would be super exciting? Nothing. I don't know. I think what would be, I mean, if someone like, was winning somehow, that would be about the only the only thing that would shock me and like make me question everything is if Anissa and Jordan somehow win this thing. I think if Anissa and Jordan somehow won this, it would definitely be exciting because that means we would have seen a final on the level of All Stars two. That's what would have occurred for them to be able to win All Stars two <laughs> and Challenge USA. So right, we would have exactly, seen yeah. exactly. we would have seen a final for the ages. If they somehow win. We would have so much content to talk about that we could go for weeks just recapping the final that Jordan and Anissa somehow win. It would be, it would be, we'd be on DEFCON 1. (laughs) Like if we get Bananas and Nani versus Tori and Devin in the last elimination, or just like two power teams and it's not chalk. I I mean, that could have it to some level, to some degree. I I don't know. Well, we'll have to see how things play out. I think it's very mid-tier. Yeah. I mean, the way that I look at it, too, is the last few seasons, I can't really give you any standout moments. But when you look back at Total Madness, I can rattle off the unedited D episode, the Bear Kayla hookup episode, Nani and the Cup of Noodles fight, Bananas and Wes teaming up. Like, I can think back and remember significant entertaining moments from Total Madness. The only thing that really hurts Total Madness is that god-awful Zach and Jenna episode. But aside from that, like that season, well, that season as a whole is very, very good from the memorable moment standpoint. Double agents, I really can't name you a memorable moment other than Wes getting hit in the face with a shoe. <laughs> um, oh, there are a couple of things on double agents. It'll be a longer discussion once the season actually wraps up of where it places amongst these other seasons. I really think the season would have been good if it was for the stupid teams twist. I'm with you. Yeah, but that that's the thing. It happened, you know? Like, <laughs> it, know it did occur. They, they did fuck it up. I think we will, just looking at the people left and the overall pacing of the season, next week we would assume would be the last episode before the final, and then we'll get two episodes for the final. So it does seem like we will get a decent elimination next week, right? We'll get... I think Orasio and Olivia yeah. are the odd, odds-on favorite to go into elimination. Orasio does seem to be pretty competitive when it comes to Olivia, eliminations. Olivia, less so. But compared to... Eh, I don't know. It, it seems like they could put up a fight versus whoever well, they my go thing in is against. Like, I think there's a lot of ways that, 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 that ends up being... I don't think the two of them versus Anissa and Jordan... Like, that could be a good elimination, but I don't know, it wouldn't be like a barn burner. And it could be... Like, if it's like a hall brawl against Fessy and Mariah, or... A, I don't know. There's a lot of ways to me where it's not that good. I don't think that they'll do hall brawl, because I think the elimination that they did at the start of the season, they're counting as the checkbox for hall brawl for this season. Yeah, we'll see. I could see pole wrestle, something like that, maybe. Have they done that this season? They have, haven't they? Or a version of it? Uh, mm, I thought they did. Maybe they did. It's there's been so many damn episodes. Who knows? That's why when <laughs> I think they had at some point. That's why we're about to talk about it now. We'll we'll get back to the fast five, but when they talk about when Olivia talks about how Horacio, the last time Horacio and her were partners was in the mini final when they had some type of conflict. That feels like it was three years ago. Yeah, 
God, these six seasons are long, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, after elimination, we, everyone we just comes finished back. the first elimination. Yeah, after elimination, everyone comes back to the house celebrating. Chauncey says that them now being partners again makes his game and Amber's game more difficult because they're sitting ducks. Fessy and Mariah have a conversation where Fessy says he's glad that Mariah's back, and Mariah says that. She had a bad taste in her mouth uh, when she left about her relation her relationship with Fessy. And Fessy says that he felt betrayed when Mariah didn't overtly protect him when he went into elimination. We get the, the, pretty much the same conversation that we've gotten uh, for a significant of the amount of time after the Fessy slash Mariah elimination debacle. And Mariah says that she's willing to let every, everything go between them if Fessy is also willing to do the same. And so they agree to do as much. After that, Johnny talks with Nani. Nani starts to cry about Casey. She says that it's difficult to be in the house with her gone. Johnny says that he'll be there for Nani. And Nani says thank you uh, to him for being there and uh, Johnny does his best attempt to console her. After that, we go directly into the mission. Yeah, I mean, so think about that. Pretty much the only content that we got after the first elimination is pretty much everything, versions of everything that we've already gotten to this point in the season, I guess. Well, I mean, they're showing two eliminations and a long mission. Like, there's just, there's just no way they're going to fit a bunch in here. That's not. I'm not asking for them to fit a bunch in here. I'm just asking for like something else, right? Like, give me something new. Give me something interesting. I mean, that's what we've been asking for for a while. Like, we... we've got Devin and Jordan playing baseball or like throwing a baseball around. As far as they have gloves, we go to the mission. They're all waiting around. TJ isn't there. Uh, then all of a sudden, TJ comes out of nowhere in a bus. Uh, with explosions going off, sparks flying off the bus, as it pretends scrapes against the wall. What a novel idea. What did each of you think of this elimination before we get into it? So I, whenever I see the cast lined up and like waiting in anticipation, it's one of my least favorite sites in the show because I know we're just getting a pyrotechnics you know, stunt mission that's going to take forever and not actually be compelling to watch. Um, I, I thought this mission was okay. It was, it was a little long. I thought the concept of it was fun. If they could have just fit a couple more teams going in at once, I think it would have been a lot better. Yeah, I'm at least glad that they waited to do this until later in the season when there were less teams in the house. So we have to see less of the same concept over and over. I did like how they did the montage of three or four teams in a row with some 41. I think... That was pretty entertaining. It kind of helped speed things up. That it was a good choice with the music. Tori throwing up. I'm not typically a fan of people throwing up, but for some reason that one was a lot funnier than uh, when it normally happens. But yeah, it was okay. Uh, the, the concept of the mission I thought was overall overall a plus. Trace, what did you think? I thought the mission was entertaining, but it was just kind of like, Mm, okay. 
All right. Amber, and, we're going to fly through these real quick. Amber and Chauncey go first. Chauncey starts to throw up. They tap out pretty quick. They get seven of 10 balls completed. Orasio uh, and Olivia go. This is where Orasio talks about how the last time they worked with each other was the mini final and they had kind of a blowout. They're down to their last two balls. They finish. It seems like they do well, uh, but they don't show how many they actually completed. Jordan and Anissa go. This is where they start the montage of pretty much all of the rest of the teams, except for, I believe, maybe one or two pairs. They get one out of 10 balls here. So I wonder if they just gave up at a certain point, threw all the balls in and just crossed their fingers and hoped that they completed some of them. Fessy and Mariah go. They get eight out of 10. We continue through the montage. Devin and Tori go. Tori throws up on herself. And she pulls the lever before Devin is ready because it looks like Devin is about ready, uh, is about to correct, to, to make sure that all of the correct balls are in place. And Tori pretty much says that she can't handle being on that bus any longer. And we find out that they get eight out of 10 balls correct. So they're most likely not going to win. And then Johnny and Nani are the last pair to go. Johnny says that their plan is to stay as close to the wall as possible. And it seems like that's the most effective strategy that we saw anyone do throughout Mm -hmm. the course of this mission. Because for a lot of the pairs, we saw them pretty much just get ping-ponged around the inside of the bus. Whereas Johnny and Nani were able to kind of control their balance a little bit more by staying close to the wall. So I think this is Johnny's experience coming, coming to light. Johnny says that they were able to complete their entire order in one pass thanks to Nani that she was able to memorize all of that which is pretty impressive if that's what actually happened Johnny and Nani get all 10 balls correct they win the mission for episode 15 they will select one pair to save from elimination and they will select one pair to go directly in the rest of the pairs will go into the draw and this is where we get the first mention from Amber B that she wants to be the team that goes directly into elimination to avoid being blindsided. And we can talk about that more when we get to the interrogation, but that's kind of one, one of the big points coming out of episode 15 is Amber and Chauncey's decision to nominate themselves to go into elimination after the challenge. Uh, Cause I just go ahead. I'm just going to say, I, I guess we'll get to it later. I, I, I didn't miss that you had said that, but it's it, absolutely moronic from their part. Like, I mean, just completely idiotic. After uh, after the challenge, Horacio says it's not going to be a surprise if he goes back in again based off of Johnny's willingness to be able to throw him into elimination throughout the course of this season. At deliberation, Johnny and Nani go through all the options. It seems... In my notes here, I have written down, it seems a little cold for a tank top uh, for Johnny's wardrobe decision here. I thought that was an interesting choice. Uh, Nani says that she wants to save Mariah and Fessy. And Johnny says that Fessy and Mariah are arguably the strongest team there and that it makes sense to save them on multiple levels. Uh, 
The I, I thought that was an interesting insight into how he usually plays, where his game is always let's just get to the final with whoever's going to be there. He never really tries to take layups with him. Yeah, because I think from his perspective, and I think we've heard him say this at different points in time, I think the most explicit that we've ever heard him discuss this was at the, maybe the end of the, maybe, I don't remember, it was at the end of the island or the end of maybe the ruins. I can't remember which one it is, but his approach, and it's obviously served him very well, is to surround himself with the strongest people in the house, build an alliance with them, consistently win missions and be able to move forward with that group as long as possible. And his decision here to save Fessy and Mariah go along with that approach and strategy. Did you think that that was a good move or if you were him, would you have done something else, Rob? I feel like if I'm trying to win, I, I think that they're a big, much bigger threat in the final than a lot of other teams there. I don't know if that's what I would have done. I think I would have kept Anissa and Jordan around if I'm just looking at it purely tactically. I agree. I would have saved Anissa and Jordan. Because I think they still have a high chance of winning a mission. Like, I don't even know if their chance of winning a mission is that different than Fessy and Mariah, but their chance of winning a final is significantly less than them. Yeah, that's why it blew my mind when... That's why it blew my mind when we got to the elimination and they didn't save, when Horacio didn't save Jordan and Anissa. It was like, dude, you're this close to the final. You want Anissa in the final. Like, what are you doing? Thinking out loud here, who do you think has, who do you think does better in a cha- in a final? Horacio and Olivia or Jordan and Anissa? Oof. Horacio and Olivia? Yeah, but it's not a huge margin. It just Anissa is such an anchor. I think you're probably right. But I think what kind just, of final? Like an actual final? Yeah, like a real final. I I think there's. Yeah. Anissa will obviously not do very well when it comes to a final, or at least I'm pretty skeptical of her ability to be able to successfully participate in a real final. But at the same time, I think there's a certain aspect to being a rookie and having no experience in a final and just not not having any idea of what to expect. Because I think people can build up finals and talk about how they're difficult, but then I think it's something completely else to actually like have gone through one and know what to expect and like be able to kind of mentally prepare for it. Sure, I think this is an interesting look at finals where I think most people would agree Jordan's in the three or four best finals competitors ever on the men's side, but once you're tied to a certain type of player, there's just not much you can do. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, People come out to see who Johnny and Nani decide to save. Mariah says, uh, talks about how she actually uh, does like Johnny. I'm I'm surprised they didn't build up that relationship more throughout throughout the course of this season. Orasio says that it feels like we got more of Orasio and Olivia. Oh, sorry. Orasio says that uh, he he's ready to go in, and Fessy talks about how <laughs> I thought this is kind of ironic. Uh, Fessy uh, just trying to like validate the fact that he was the one who saved here talks about how. 
he just has to uh <laughs> you just have to rely on your performance and your word and that that's how he plays the game acting like a pillar of nobility <laughs> uh yeah it was comically bad and it made him look like a complete tool we get to the interrogation. Yeah, the real answer is just your partner picked the right person to mess around with. We get to interrogation. Amber Amber B and Chauncey go first. Chauncey says that they'd rather nominate themselves and, and go in instead of being blindsided. Johnny says that he thinks that Amber B and Chauncey's decision to nominate themselves is an olive branch for something to happen further down the line. Rob, tell us how this is completely idiotic. I mean, for one, to say we don't want to be blindsided. If you're operating under the assumption you're going to get put in by the other two teams, is that really being blindsided at that point you're expecting to be put in? And we see with the Rocky and Olivia, they, you do have a 33% chance of pulling the thing, which is not great, but it's much better than nothing. And this late in the season where you're one of the weaker teams left and you're going, you have a very good chance of going up against somebody who's just flatly better than you, I, I just thought this was inexcusable uh, gameplay from them. I, I, I thought uh, completely moronic. I think it just shows uh, another instance of Amber just being a little bit too paranoid for what she's doing here. I concur 100% with Rob here. Like, just what are you doing? What are you it, doing? It makes no sense because there's no guarantee that they go in. I think if they don't do this, I think it's most likely that Johnny and Nani probably put Olivia and Arasio directly into elimination. Don't you think? They've already put them in like five times, right? Like, uh, yeah, they probably do just put them in. Yeah, what's one more? You know, Arasio said it himself. Yeah, not only that, you... it's a win-win for Johnny. He gets Arasio in again, and maybe he breaks Wes's record to take away from his legacy. So I, I think this is this, this would have been all thumbs up for him to do that. That's just, again, completely moronic. Tori and Devin come in. Johnny brings up that Amber and Chauncey nominated themselves. Tori and Johnny both say they don't get what's going on there. Devin says that this is Amber's last-ditch effort to prove that she's trustworthy and so, that this is actually self-serving and not altruistic, which, duh. Um, Anissa and Jordan come in. Jordan brings up Amber and Chauncey nominating themselves. That's pretty much the narrative throughout the entire interrogation. Because all this you, is You didn't bring up Devin not. saying that... I did enjoy Devin saying um, Amber is trying to play chess instead of checkers, but she's just a really bad chess player. Yeah, I kind of remember him talking about that. Um, I don't know. This is... I've gotten to the point where I kind of tune a lot of these out. uh, Unless something big happens, but... (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) Anissa and Jordan go, nothing really happens there. Olivia and Horacio come in. Wow. Olivia brings up that... They don't really have a good chance to avoid elimination if they're in the draw because... Anissa and Tori will most likely be in the draw as well. And if either of those teams select the dagger, they will save the other team. We're finally fucking done with interrogation. Uh, After interrogation, Olivia brings up that Horacio went home uh, right before the final in his first show in a conversation with Fessy. And Fessy says that everyone's pretty much hungry to win here. I thought that was a really weird conversation. That was kind of just like a random kind of like, like why include that in the show at all now that we're talking about it? 
uh, especially because there's been like no, there's been no hint of any type of strategic or emotional relationship between Orasio or excuse me, Olivia and Fessy to this point in the game. It's just kind of weird. And it's not like they're talking about anything super meaningful here. Yeah, I don't like they just like these types of conversations for whatever reason where people say it's the most vanilla I want to win content, and then that, that's just what they want to show for what I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it, personally. It's one of the questions I like to ask somebody who works in production as to why this is the content they prefer to emphasize, but, yeah, I, I don't know why. They started to do that around the time of Total Madness. Remember at the end of Total Madness when it was Fessy's first season, and I think he has a conversation with Corey about how... It's really big that he made it to the end of his first season, uh, made it to the final at the end of his first season or something like that. And then I think he may have had a conversation with Casey at some point about how it was big for them being big brother competitors making it to the end. It's just, it's just not good. No. All right. In the last moments before the final, we get a scene where Anissa, or excuse me, before the elimination, Anissa names all the shows. Anissa names all the shows she's been eliminated on right before the final. (laughs) Kind of building up. She forgot one too. Yeah, I mean, people. Jordan and Anissa win this elimination, which we're about to talk about. And people were talking about Anissa having some type of elimination record. But what's her overall elimination record now? She's, like, still lost. How many eliminations has she lost? She's still lost more than she's won, right? I think she's over 500. No, I think she's over 500 now. She's won a lot. She's been around so long. She's won a lot. I think it is over 500. I could be wrong, though. Paging Greg Holcomb. Paging Greg Holcomb. Here, I'm looking right now. Yeah. So she has won. He put it in the All Stars Four thread because, or not the Four thread. He put it in the Live Rider Die thread because I was just just took it up on the Wikipedia. Well, it's also I, uh, like I somebody brought this up. Just how you deal with like the redemptions and stuff. Yeah. So if you count the redemption, then she's thirteen and two. If you do not count the redemption, redemption, she's twelve and twelve. So she's still hovering right around five hundred. And depending on what happens next week, she she could be at five hundred again. Yeah, and if she wins, if she goes into elimination next week and wins, she would break the record because Cara currently holds the record at twelve. So she she tied Cara Maria with this past week. We get to elimination. Johnny and Nani have to throw someone in directly. TJ asked them what their decision was. He says that they've decided to put Amber and Chauncey in because they nominated themselves. TJ pretty much calls them out for being dumb. Uh, Chauncey gives some bullshit reason about how he wanted to prove himself because he tapped out in a previous mission. It really is just mind-boggling that they decided to throw themselves directly in. It makes no sense at all. And it really is. I think you're right that Amber pretty much galaxy brains herself. (laughs) I, I'm sure they've done some post-game stuff about why. I mean, I think, I, if I remember correct, I think Amber was on the official show this week, and maybe she talked about that. I didn't get She's on Banana's podcast that so, we brought today, too. So. I would be curious. 
Okay. I, I'd be curious to actually get her reasoning behind it. If she had, if there was something like else going on, like maybe they have something to go for it. Oh, who knows? But yeah, it's just dumb. Okay. So we get to the draw. Anissa doesn't pick the safe dagger. She's the first one to go. Arasi and Olivia are the next team to go. They do pick the safe dagger. And I think this is, for entertainment, this is the best outcome uh, because that means. Tori and Devin will go in or Jordan and Anissa will go in. They randomly decide to save, and we can talk about what we think of this move, Devin and Tori. And this is after Orasio and Jordan are apparently like best buds. They don't decide decide to save them. Jordan brings this up in a confessional. And then Horacio says that the reason that they decided to save Tori and Devin is because that Anissa has said his name three times and that Jordan said his name once. What do we think about that? They should have put Tori and Devin in. You, you want Anissa absolutely. and Jordan around. You can extend some kind of olive branch there, which I don't, I don't know if it really be, would amount to anything in the future. But, yeah, I definitely think you put in Tori and Devin. I mean, I think both of them are winning this elimination. I know Devin's a little bit smaller than Chauncey, but we've seen him win this type of elimination in the past. So I would have definitely had my money on, on either of those teams to win comfortably. Yeah. But um, I definitely think they should have just put in Tori and Devin. Completely agree. Like, you want Anissa in the final, and you're on the doorstep of the final. And at the end of the day, Horacio, dude, you're the only rookie team left. If you don't win next week, you're getting being you're going to get thrown in. Everybody's going to easily throw you in. So, you're you're going in. So, you might as well pick like what smart. Like he's like, you. "Oh." It's also like, "Well, Anissa and Jordan put them in a couple of times." It's like, "Well, yeah, Tony definitely haven't been in a position to put them in. I'm sure any of those teams would have put them in a couple of times if they had been in the position to do so." Oh, yeah, for sure. We get to the elimination. It's called Rumble Tumble. It's essentially a version of eliminations that we've seen a bunch before. I think the first time we see this is Gauntlet 2. I don't know if we we, we saw this yep. before then. It's a reverse tug of war with a, a twist on it. I, I said it at the top of the episode. I do really appreciate that they staggered the um, the diamonds or whatever they are. Uh, so you could use a bit more attack resource and just pull them to your side or pull them to the other. But, yeah, we, we, we've seen this a lot in the past. Anissa and Amber go first. This is put on a T for Anissa. She pretty much ragdolls <laughs> Amber around. And I mean, she's not even – she looks like she's, like, barely breaking a sweat. Like, she she's so non plus at this elimination. It's just too much of a weight disparity. I think they said Amber B weighs 130 pounds, and, I don't know, Anissa probably weighs, like, like 180, 200, somewhere around there. So she's got like 50 to like 70 pounds on her, you know, like I don't, I don't think she's really set up for success in this. And so that's why I think you said it, that regardless of who was thrown in here that Horacio and Olivia put in, they're probably coming back because I think Tori does pretty much what Anissa does to Amber B as well. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jordan and Chauncey uh, go. Yeah, I this, think this was a walk. Jordan and Chauncey go, this is, I think, by far the best moment of the episode. I think this is by far one of the best moments of the season. And this is actually probably a moment from the season that I'll remember going forward, where right when the elimination 
is about to start. They flash to Jordan in a confessional and he starts to narrate the mental gymnastics that he's going to put Chauncey through for the next. How long do you think their turn goes? This probably lasts less than five minutes, don't you think? It's a good question. You think it's and, that quick? Yeah, I think it was pretty. I mean, they fly for the through the first three, and it seems like sixty seconds. It's true. Um, and when Jordan starts to give us his thought process on what's going to happen, I start to die laughing because I know what's going to happen, and that he's somehow going to win in a creative and entertaining way. Jordan just gets a quick point right off the back as he starts to head in the same direction that Chauncey does. Chauncey's completely thrown off. Then Chauncey does exactly what Jordan wants him to, is Jordan lets Chauncey get his uh, his first block and conserves his energy. Then Jordan bolts for his second one. And before anyone can blink, Jordan's up 2-1. Chauncey gets his second block. It's tied up 2-2. Two and at this point in time, this is where it's actually kind of kind of close. Jordan is fighting for his last block. Chauncey's fighting for his last block. Jordan says that he's going to, in a confessional, take Anissa to a final for the first time in 13 years, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And I think that they should have done a better job of pointing this out. But the way that Jordan ultimately wins this and throws Chauncey off is that when they're in gridlock heading for their blocks, Jordan reaches down and kind of moves Chauncey's foot because his foot, Chauncey's foot is between Jordan's legs. It throws Chauncey off and gives Jordan enough time to make it to his last block and win. TJ starts going crazy. He can't believe what he saw either. People are going wild. Jordan and Anissa win. And Chauncey and Amber B go home. Do we have anything else we want to add to that? Uh, I think this is one strategy that I think is really, it really gets hammered home from these types of seasons where, or these types of eliminations, I should say. Like if you're like, if you look at like pole wrestles or reverse tug of war and situations where underdogs are allowed to win, I think a lot of it comes down to knowing when to expend energy and how, where you can't just mindlessly be running or pulling at the pole. You have to either be in the mode of a defense where you're preventing the other person from doing something and just holding your ground, not expending a lot of energy and then using timed, very succinct bursts of energy to score your points. Yeah. I mean, Frank pretty much in gauntlet three showed everyone how to, how to successfully do this, especially if you're an underdog because by all accounts, MJ was bigger and stronger than Frank and Frank had this, the correct strategy of burying yourself in the ground and trying to wear out your opponent while they just use up all the energy that they have. Um, Amber, as they go home, says that she's proud of Chauncey. TJ says that he's sure that he'll see both of them back. And in the closing moments before the episode ends, TJ says that they're on their way to the final at any moment, but they're not there yet. I can't believe we talked about this episode for 48 minutes. I can't either. Well, we, had, we had some technical difficulties in the middle of it. There was a lot of competition <laughs> stuff with this episode. And we, yeah, we got a good elimination both at the beginning and the end. Very true. 
What was the last time we saw a pair win two eliminations in the same episode? I don't know that I mean, that's ever happened before. Now that you say that, like the same pair win an elimination, two eliminations in an episode. That I don't think I've heard. I don't think that's happened before. I mean, I have to be like dominating this season for fantasy, right? Because I have Jordan and Anissa on my team. Uh, I'd have to look. They've gotten a Jordan lot of screen and time. Scored very well. And they're winning, so I'm I thought you, a lot I thought of you had Anissa Trace. I haven't looked at the spreadsheet in so long; I can't remember. I'm looking no, at it right now. Forever either. I thought you, I thought you had Anissa Trace. No, I'm looking at it. All right, let's get out of here. Okay. Trace always picks Anissa, so I assumed he had her. What are what are what are the closing thoughts to this episode? Let's. Overall, I've That's enjoyed good. the season. This episode was fine. Like, it, it's been good, but it's not been great. There's been some interesting moments, but they kind of killed the momentum by switching to teams, and they wasted four weeks doing nothing. So, like, overall, I'm at the place now where I'm just ready for it to end, but it's not like a hate watch. Like, Spies, Lies, and Allies became a hate watch. This is just more of like, okay, here's another ho-hum week on the challenge. Okay, good times. Uh, yeah, we're about to talk about All-Stars 4. We talked about All-Stars 4 last week and the initial cast that was released. This week, we plan to talk about the more final cast uh, that's come to be known. So if you'd like to listen to that, become a patron, go to patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles and subscribe for $4 per month. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you again soon.